Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Bikini in the Brain. As always, I'm joined with the lovely Ashley Kaltwasser. Hello. You are looking festive. You're in your green. Yeah, it was just Christmas. Um, obviously, we did not do a podcast on Christmas. We didn't really think many people would tune in. So <laughs> here we are now. We should have done it. It would have been everyone's present for Christmas. No. But we will be doing our podcast on New Year's Day. We so will. that's Monday. So resumes back to normal next week. Yes. Yes. It'll be a fun one. We go over there'll be a bunch of things we can go over for for that one. Yeah. Even some things about New Year's, but we can cover food that we were talked about earlier. Yeah. What were we saying we're going to cover on that one? Probably not a good idea to preview it too much, okay. especially <laughs> when we <laughs> when we don't know exactly. Yeah, we um, just went over like 10 seconds. So, we <laughs> we'll let you know. We'll keep yeah. you posted. Uh, but I promise it's going to be worth your while if yeah. you tune in on Monday. So yes. But this this podcast we talked about doing uh, is about all about muscle building and how many calories you need to build muscle. So be very informative on and I think eye opening for a lot of people when it comes to, you know, how many calories do I actually need to build muscle? Am I overdoing it with my my gaining in my off seasons? Do I do I need to bulk? Do I need to put on body fat? Do I need to put on a lot of body fat? Like, how do I maximize and optimize this muscle building thing? Right. Yeah, I'm really glad we're doing this one. And I know we touched on the subject before, but it's good to go really in depth with this, especially since I still hear all the time girls thinking they need to intentionally put on quite a bit of fluff in order to gain muscle. And we're here to remind you that is not the case. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So um, with that being said, you know, let's here's the let's go over. I think the best way to start this would be the old thought process, right? Of, you know, gaining and bulking. You want to jump into that? We're going to jump right in. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, although it's becoming less of a thing now, we still see it from time to time. Coaches will have their athletes purposely like bulk up and kind of present it as if they need to put on this excess amount of body fat in order to make progress. Now we are seeing less and less of that, but we still see it. And I think a lot of it comes from the old school bodybuilding method. And a lot of these coaches still kind of work with bodybuilders or former bodybuilders and they're set in their ways. They're like, this is how we used to do it. And we're bikini girls. It does not translate like you think it does um, for us. So yeah, we're here to to burst your bubble that uh, you really should should be careful about your off season uh, caloric intake. Yeah, it's a different. It's a completely different sport. It's in the same. It's on the same stage, but it's a completely different sport entirely. Which, what the bodybuilders are doing and pushing themselves to that crazy extreme, um, to what the bikini girls are doing, which is essentially looking like a fitness model and looking like a fitness model ideally most of the year, if not. I mean, almost all of the year, right? And with bodybuilding, it's going to be a, a lot different scenario. So, um, so what Ashley was saying is, you know, back in the day, especially everyone was bulking. It was like a thing. Oh, you got a bulk, got a bulk. There was like some famous bodybuilders that made bulking, like almost like a joke. Right? It was like, they almost made fun of it, like how heavy they would get in the off season. I mean, there's like a famous- They call it even dirty bulk too. Dirty bulking. Yeah. Like uh, Lee Priest was probably like the most famous for it. Cause he would, he would like kind of troll people. Cause he would be like in his heavy off season and he didn't care how big he got. Um, and he was an awesome bodybuilder. Like that's no, no shade at him. Awesome. One of my favorite bodybuilders of all time. 
Um, but here's like a picture of him, like pure off season. He's like eating a bucket of chicken and his shirt off in the kitchen. It's like, it's like the funniest like troll picture. Cause, but when I was, you know, younger, I was like 16 seeing these pictures. I was like, Oh, that's what I got to do. You know, you just, you just got to get big and that's how you put on muscle. Oh, I used to do it too. Yeah. I used to think that's how it worked. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's how, I mean, everyone did until, you know, probably closer to like mid, like 2010, 2008, like people start, even then people were still doing it a lot. Yeah. I remember even like in my days of like 2013, 14, 15 yeah. era, I was doing that myself. I thought that's what I needed to do. Yeah. There's still, yeah, there's still quite a few, quite a few people who do it. There's like, you just got to do it. You just got to eat. And, um, and that's the, the thing is with bodybuilding, you know, there's a lot of different things about bodybuilding that just don't translate to bikini because what the bodybuilder will do to get in shape versus what the bikini girl will do in shape. It's a completely different route of travel. But other than the deficit, like in cardio, like everything else is different. <laughs> like I would say even cardio is a bit different. Yeah. They, they honest. just walk on the treadmill. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, from what I'm seeing anyway, it's like, just a fast. No, you're right. You're right. You're not going to see a bodybuilder jogging, you know, right. Two hours a day. They're just you know, they're giant legs. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's mostly just low, uh, just, just burn calories for a bodybuilder, you know, it's low, um, low intensity steady state cardio for a bodybuilder but you got to remember um what the bodybuilders are taking supplement wise they're going to be able to keep all their muscle they're going to be able to burn more fat than a bikini competitor because they're taking things to help with that way more than anyone would take as a bikini competitor so it's just a different world and we can't treat those worlds the same and ignore the fact that it's it's a different thing you know the supplements are different everything's different so because of that i, I think what happened was you know bikini was relatively new um and you had no option besides to have a bodybuilder coach train bikini athletes. That's how I got into training bikini athletes. I was a bodybuilder coach. There was nothing but bodybuilder. So I had no choice, but to be a bodybuilder coach, it wasn't even men's physique. It was like your girls did figure. Maybe you had a couple do fitness, but your, um, the guys are all bodybuilders, right? So you just kind of took those practices and you applied it to, to women. And, and that was, it is what it is. Um, uh, but it was, it was definitely a different, it's definitely a different scenario and a different approach. Um, so what's changed in, I guess, why has it changed and why is it different um, too? So um, one thing you're seeing, you've really opened a light up on this, which is, I really appreciate you doing that so much for the, I know you don't do it for the industry. You did it because you like being, you know. Like this. That's how I like being. <laughs> we describe it like this. She like, like, what do you call it? Aerodynamic. Like, running, <laughs> like just, what do you call it? Agile. Agile. Running. Yeah. I want to be able to run fast, go far, jump high, be speedy. You know what I mean? I don't want to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm so fluffy right now. I'm all slow. You know, my thighs are rubbing together. Like, oh, I don't like that feeling. I like to feel, I like to feel fit. Yeah. Is that so much to ask? I like to feel freaking fit and hey, healthy. I'm, I'm really glad you talked about it. Is it, is it so, this is the thing I struggle with too. That's like a coach. Yes. <laughs> Besides my aerodynamics. <laughs> is, is it so much to ask to be fit all the time if you're a fitness competitor? Like, is that crazy for me to ask as a coach? I'm like, hey, just stay, just stay healthy and fit all right. year. I'm not asking you to, you know what I mean? For some, for some athletes and even, even athletes, like most of the athletes that I work with aren't, they're kind of like, they listen to these podcasts so they know what they're getting into. They're like, you know, I want to be fit all year. I want to stay lean all year. Not want to be, I don't want to be show lean all year, but I want to be able to say, I look like a fitness competitor all year. I think that that's fair. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you, like I want to be able to look at a girl who competes especially she's competing at a high level, look at her and be like, oh, she probably competes. That yeah. Girl. Or at least is an athlete. Yeah. You know, that's where I'm saying you guys should be staying at. I am not saying you should be shredded all year. I'm not even saying you should be lean as Ashley all year, which is pretty lean all year. But um, 
I'm, I'm just saying, you know, if you're competing in fitness competitions, why would you not want to be fit all year? Yeah. You know, it's, you know what, something to realize too, is like, we all know of that one lady that works out in the gym or whatever, and she doesn't compete, but she stays like pretty lean and she's toned and she has a great physique, but she stays like that basically all year round. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, if this normal person who doesn't even compete can hold it together, why can't we, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy to think about. Cause we, like you said, we do this like as our sport, but sometimes girls go off so much. You can't even tell, like, do they even work out? Yeah. Like, how is it that this lady is able to, you know, look like she's in shape all year round, not stage lean, just like you said, no one's asking anyone to be stage lean all year round, but she looks like maybe, you know, if she ever wanted to compete, she could compete in like eight to 12 weeks yeah. if she wanted to, not some like drastic transformation. So it's, it's incredible to see how different people approach their off season and still that, that little, um, I, you know, I'm going to say this too. I think a lot of people are aware they can still do this a lean and healthy uh, off season, but they kind of, they know it, they can do it, but in the back of their mind, they think that, Oh, you know, balance and, and, and everything else. And they kind of want a justification just to eat more food, yeah. honestly. And I think that's more, they're like living in denial in a way. Yeah. You know? No, hundred percent. And I think that's a good, honestly, this is, you know, spending a little time on, on that part of it is, is the reality of it. You know, the, the problem is this, is that those same girls who say that also say that they want to be the next Miss Olympia, the next this. And I'm like, you know, it's not going to happen. I always tell them, it's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to, anything you do that you want to be number one at in the world is going to take such an exceptional effort, so much discomfort, um, to get there that you really do just need to face that fact and be like, okay, if I'm spending half of my year dieting because I'm going overboard with my off season, sometimes even more than half my year dieting, how much progress am I really going to be making if I'm living in this big caloric deficit, right? So I want to go into today is talk about, okay, how much, how many calories do you actually need to build muscle? Are we overshooting on that? And this could maybe hopefully help those of you that are saying, or oh, I need to bulk to gain. I need, I'm gaining excessive body fat in the off season. Um, or that, oh, I'm doing this because you just need balance, right? Like you need to, we need to figure out, okay, what is that? Cause balance is not eating tilapia and asparagus. I agree all day, all year, every year, but it is also not eating everything you see for three months yeah. and gaining 40 pounds. That's, that's the opposite of balance. <laughs> yeah. Balance is that they're both not balanced. So like, let's, let's, let's call it. So it's somewhere in the middle. Right. And how many calories do you actually need? And are you a fitness athlete all year? Or, and there's some people I'll say, hey, you're not, and they, they hate hearing it, but I, I like to tell it how it is because I think it's helpful and there's, it doesn't help me as a coach to not say how it is, um, is I don't, there's some people who are living fitness, you live fitness. And there's some people who visit fitness, yeah. you know, and there's, you know, maybe they're, they're fitness visiting for 16 weeks throughout the year. And then they're kind of saying, oh yeah, I do fitness, but you're really, you're not really visiting fitness. You just kind of work out mm -hmm. eight months a year and then eat whatever you want. It's it's a different thing. You're not living the lifestyle, right? So absolutely. So how do we, how do we, well, that's a whole other, a whole other podcast, but this one we're going to go into is how much muscle do, how am I going to optimally build muscle? How many calories do I actually need? Do I need to bulk? So let's first off go into how many calories is it I need or in one pound of muscle, which is a, this is a kind of a, 
eye-opening thing for people to see. So everyone knows one pound of body fat is 3,500 calories. So ish. Yep. So if you're if you were to eat a 500 calorie deficit per day, you should lose one pound of body fat per week. Right. So um, that Wait, is huh? per, hold on. 5,000 per day? Uh, 500 per day. Oh, 500. Yeah. I, I don't know if you said 5,000. 5,000, that'd be good. Just want to clarify. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that's, that'd be a, that'd be a big deficit. That'd be a lot of moving. You yeah. to do that with no eating and just moving for that one. Okay. So 500 a day equals a, that's kind of the math we'd always do is like, uh, when I used to work at like 24 hour fitness, like trainers, we would say, okay, you want to do aggressive? We would do a thousand calorie deficit and lose two pounds a week or um, 500 calories at well, one pound a week. It's kind of how we did this. We had this old system back in the day. It was kind of fun. Um, we were trying to figure out the math on it. But yeah, so 500 times 7, 3,500 calories, 1,000 times 7, 7,000 calories, two pounds of body fat for that one. So how much is it to build muscle, right? Well, muscle, it's it's not stored energy like that, right? It's not, it's not, it's it's not that. It's a different thing. So to actually have one pound of of muscle, it's 800 calories, right? Because muscle is is mostly water. It's not like body fat where it's just stored energy. So what is that stored energy and how do I use it, right? And that's going to be a whole nother part of this muscle building thing. So if I can, if if it's only 800 calories of stored energy, right, for muscle, amino acids and whatnot, stored, how do I, um, why do I need to bulk and gain 40 pounds and how much muscle can I actually gain so I can come up with a target calories for me gaining, right? So it goes to a next step. All right, so if we know it's 800 calories of, of energy for one pound of muscle, um, we have to go to the next step. How how much muscle can I build? All right, that has to be the next logical question to figure out what type of surplus is needed. So we already justified. Okay, we need a surplus to have um, to to build muscle, right? Do we need a surplus? Or do we just need calories? That's another thing. What we'll to go into? Actually, the multi level. This is a multi layered thing. I just realized that. <laughs> so um, first, let's go into how many uh, how much muscle can I build? So if you take someone like Ashley, you know. How much actual muscle have you built over the last, let's say, three years, advanced athlete? Oh, I, I guess it's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> I would say it's probably close to five-ish pounds. Yeah, I would say five-ish pounds. Um, now, you got to remember, Ashley is a um, super advanced athlete, right? Tier one athlete. So in terms of bodybuilding. So many of you are very far from that. So there's this thing we call workout age it's not an actual age it's just a workout age if you started working out where you're one and you're 20 years old you're old in your workout age because you've been working out for 20 years right if you start working out where you're 20 and only worked out for one year or even 50 and you worked out for one year then you're young in your workout age even though you're 50 in your actual age so the workout age is essentially how many years of accumulative time you've really tried to build muscle the older you are in your workout age, the less muscle you're going to build because you went through those newbie gain phases already. Yeah, yeah, which is why I think it's funny. Some people think like, "Oh, she took she took a year off, man. She she put on that like five pounds a month." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I wish." Yeah, because no. you would work out <laughs> since you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. So since I was a kid. Yeah. So once you honestly, once you get past that like five year workout age, it's very similar results after that point. Like it's very rare you see someone just continuing to build on muscle and you could see this with bodybuilders you see a bodybuilder even a young bodybuilder you get a guy who's 28 years old bodybuilding who's already a pro bodybuilder like the next year he might be two pounds three pounds heavier on stage like it's it's nothing crazy and these guys are lifting and eating and mm -hmm. and doing everything they can to put on as much muscle as humanly possible and it's like oh yeah put on put on three pounds <laughs> i'm like yeah. i'm like that's wild all the food you've eaten 
the, the hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of good meat that you've eaten, yes. year, right? And you've got three pounds of muscle, two pounds of muscle from mm -hmm. year to year. Well, they're old in their workout age. That's what happens, right? They're not going to put on as much muscle as they did their first year, where the first year you just see guys change like crazy. I've seen kids, which is really cool because I've I worked in gyms like my whole life. I've seen kids come in the gym um, and like 16, 17 year old guys. And they're like, yeah, I want to, I want to put on some muscle. I want to be a bodybuilder. And then a year later, see them like 35 pounds heavier. And yeah. it's like so cool to see, but I'm like, yeah, enjoy that. Enjoy that while you can, but it's yeah. a different person. Like a yeah. year later. So in summary, the newer you are to working out and lifting, the easier it is for you to accumulate muscle during your newbie gain phase. Yep. Yep. And so, and the reason is your body is doing something it hasn't done before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you think of whatever ice skating, if you've never ice skated before, first time you ice skate, you're going to suck. Right. And then a year later, you're like an expert ice skater, right? You're like really good. Same thing with like building muscle. You're, you're lifting weights. You're not good at it. You're not strong. You're not able to stabilize. Your body's not good at, at uh, its neuromuscular ability with controlling loads and whatnot. And it says, well, I got to get good at this. How do I get good at this? Well, I get stronger. I get more muscle. I got to meet the demands of what Adam's doing to me now. Apparently Adam's doing something out there <laughs> that requires me to be stronger and bigger and more muscular. And, um, I'm going to get better at that. I'm going to get better at that quickly because it's dangerous for me not to, right? So um, that's what happens. So the body gets there. Now it's, now it's like, okay, I'm prepared for that now. I'm prepared for what he's doing. He's lifting a little bit more weight now. Now I'll get a little bit bigger because I need to be prepared for that. But I'm mostly prepared for it already. You know, I got already got not my base there, right? So that's how those, those newbie gains happen. So, okay, let's say you are, let's give you a very common scenario. You're a 5'5", five, five, right, right in the middle, um, bikini competitor who is a in her let's say third year of lifting um going you know pa just past her third year of lifting and she's a natural competitor she's going to put on a few pounds you know not much you know we're going to be putting on you know around the same amount of muscle maybe let's say let's say a good year five pounds if someone's still relatively kind of new three years in five pounds four pounds of muscle that year of actual dry like tissue like muscle right that's that's kind of what you're shooting for, guys. Uh, I know it's a it's a heartbreaker for a lot of you out there that are you know. But we have we have Ashley here for the last like five years or whatever, probably putting on five pounds, you know, something like that. If Actually, that, honestly, that may be a bit generous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on stage <laughs> she's one twenty two. When we started, she was one seventy one eighteen. It's not it's not a crazy, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not a in that first show. We I mean, sometimes yeah, it's it's always hard to determine it to. To the exact point because it's like sometimes you're a little softer more filled yeah. with glycogen or more water whatever the case may be so it's always hard to tell that but i can tell you some of its muscle yeah. <laughs> for sure i'm gonna say at, at the most would be like six pounds that would be like a best case scenario and um but you know it is hard because there's been variances right so and that's a good amount of muscle people think oh that's not much at all I'm like three pounds of actual muscle will change your whole look like it'll change especially on a 510 or a 55 bikini competitor like you're talking a different. Oh yeah, especially if it's in the right places. Yeah, you like know? your muscle looks like ten pounds. Like, like my muscle, like because I really tried to bring up the upper body. That was like I want to say where most of it was. Yeah, for sure. Because I really spent more time on it. Yeah, and and you got to remember this is a small muscle, it's the shoulder. So like you know, a, a, a half a pound of shoulder meat <laughs> would be Maybe like shoulders. That'd be a lot of size, right? So people don't understand that too. They're like, but it's just a few pounds, you know. Of, Ronnie Coleman put on 30, you know, you don't, you're not as big as Ronnie. Yeah. You know? and, and you're putting it on in key areas, right? So you're focusing on, you're not going to put on five pounds of um, arm meat in Ashley. That'd be dumb, a dumb place to put it. Right. So, so yeah, so it's, 
that has to go into it too. So, okay, all right, we could, now we've established, okay, somewhere in the neighborhood, let's say four pounds, all right, a good, a quality year for a bikini competitor of actual tissue, who's an advanced bikini competitor, who's a natural girl, let's say three, four pounds, right? So, all right, if we know that it's four pounds of muscles, like my optimal time or my optimal muscle gaining for me being an advanced athlete, and we know it's 800 calories basically for a muscle, uh, for each pound of muscle, we're talking here, uh, what is that, six, 3,200 calories of muscle I'm gaining in a year, right? 3,200 calories in a year. So let's let's be precise on that. What would that be per day, right? So 3,200 into 365, we're talking 8.7 calories per day would be the actual amount of muscle you're accumulating per day. If Dang. you were to get, yeah. That's exactly. like a, a mint. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Just like that extra mint you have per day. One, one sugar-free gum. <laughs> no, those are five. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Ashley wants to definitely clarify that. Five calories. Yeah. So when we're talking actual potential muscle growth, um, you know, it's not, you don't need these crazy surpluses. And that the whole point of that whole journey was to explain you don't need these, these crazy caloric surpluses. And here's here's the next part of this that we'll go into, right? Which is okay, all right, Adam. I only need 800 calories for a pound of muscle, um, but how many calories does it actually take to build the muscle, right? Because there's an energy process to get it there, right? So there, that is a different that is a different number. Um, it'll be different per person, of course. Um, but the the estimated amounts is somewhere in the neighborhood of 2,500 to 3,000 calories of energy it takes to get to that 800 calories of stored muscle energy, right? So. Um, how many calories do you actually need now? Like, let's we'll do the the true math, right? There's a little bit of a we'll say we'll say it's four pounds. We'll say it's three thousand. So three thousand calories is it times four. That's twelve thousand calories. Divide that now by three sixty five, and we're talking a thirty two calorie surplus still per day, right? Mm -hmm. Now, do you? Here's the next question: Do you need to be in a caloric surplus to do that? And that's going to come down again per person. And the reason is is that if you have a good amount of body fat, you got to remember what is body fat, right? Body stored fat. energy, stored energy, right? What's Yay. the difference of stored energy and external energy that you're consuming, right? In the end, it's the same thing. You can take the energy that is stored in your body right now. And yes, you can use that to help you with building those muscle. Everyone's like, you can't turn muscle into fat. Well, technically if you really want to break it down. The energy that you have stored can be applied toward building new muscle. So yeah, that's a dumb thing, turning it into fat, but energy can transfer, right? So technically, I guess you could, right? It's like a weird. Yeah. So if you're one, that's to say, if you're one of those girls that never really even got lean enough for the stage and you're yeah. already thinking about like, oh, I need to bulk up. No, especially you yeah, especially need to be you. careful. Like, cause what you got going on there, that's, that's your energy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's just so. stored energy guys. So if you're now, if you're shredded lean, like, like, let's say Ashley at, at Showtime, it's not going to be very easy for your body to do that. Mm -hmm. the, the leaner you get, the more, the harder it's going to be for your body to pull that yes. energy out and apply it towards muscle. Because at that point, at that point of conditioning, your body's kind of saying, hey, like you're so lean. I don't want to get rid of any of this energy. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't want to build more muscle yeah. because of it. Because if I build more muscle, I'm going to require more energy. So why would I want to do that to myself? It's like, it's like there's a, a nationwide fuel shortage and you go and buy a Hummer. Like it's not the wisest decision if there's a nationwide fuel shortage, right? Yeah. But we're not in that, we're not in that um in that scenario if you're having, you know, X amount of body fat. So yeah. And one thing I just want to quickly quickly clarify, because you did mention I stay pretty lean in the off season. I stay lean, but I'm not stage lean. I think a lot of people think I do, and I, I don't. Even right now, I'm up like five or six pounds, maybe. I'm definitely a little fluffier. Um, but 
I don't stay stage lean all year round. I just don't allow myself to go beyond like 10 pounds or so. Right. So just to clarify, I'm not staying stage lean every single day of the year. Although we have seen competitors that do that. It's rare because it's really hard to do and they're never going to make progress being like literal stage lean. I do see them not making progress yeah constantly yeah like it's like more of like a mental thing in their head mm -hmm. they have to stay stage lean they they yeah and they're they're lean to the point where no matter what they're doing with their workouts they're just hindering their growth because they're just not eating enough you know they're not eating enough their body's still lean it's not gonna there's no fat left right. for them to you know convert it to that so it's just kind of they're just kind of working out yeah maybe they're getting a little bit stronger i would even doubt that I, they're probably saying very similar yeah um, they're just that. stuck stuck uh just on a hamster wheel i guess yeah you know it's it's very rare though that's you see it the other way more so you see girls going too soft in the off season then the opposite too lean because like i said that's really hard to to do we've seen it on a few girls it's it's not a very common thing um but it does happen yeah so if you're strided uh and 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 you look like you could step on stage tomorrow you're probably in a, in a space where you're not able to, to put on muscle if you're like that all year round. Yeah. And, and, um, I run into it on the other side, like way more, like you said, I'll get emails from girls say, well, I just finished a 16 week um, bulk or <laughs> I'm going to go into another, like, should, it's a cuss word. It's, yeah, the, B word. <laughs> it's the B word book. Yeah. And I'll have, and I'll, I'll see them with their pictures. And it, what sucks is that Sometimes I'm like, okay, are you being misled down the wrong direction and someone's guiding you down the wrong direction and you're, you know, this girl will be five, five up 25 pounds bulking and she'll, or she'll be like, oh, I got eight more weeks left on my bulk before I start my cut for my show, which is a 12 week cut. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> you just throw like, throw hay to the fire in the off season, get as big as you can. And then you're going to go throw hay to the fire in the in season and go at 12 weeks, try to lose 20, 25 pounds. Like that's not how that's going to work out for you. And here's the thing. This is this is where I think people don't think about the gaining the right way. You have to stop thinking about the number on the scale in terms of gaining. Um, because when I was a young bodybuilder, I was always it's I was so dumb, but I was, you know, I was, you know, 16 years, 17 years old. But I would get on the scale and then I started even like weighing myself at night because I'd weigh more, you know, and I'd be like, oh, I'm almost there, almost there, you know, trying to get, get bigger. I think I was like 18 or 19 when I finally hit 200 pounds, but I didn't care how I got there. I was just like wanting to hit 200 yeah. pounds, you know, I just, I knew like, but in your head, you're thinking you're putting on muscle and you're like, well, I'll just lose this after I, I get there. Right. And you're just doing whatever you can to hit that like number. And people get in the mindset of that. Oh, I just need to gain a pound a week. I need to gain a pound a week. And I'm like, Hey, ladies out there, especially you like more petite ladies, you natural ladies, you are not going to gain a pound of muscle a week. No matter what you do, you're not going to gain a pound of muscle a week. So, um, I mean, even honestly, even like a, a 5, 10 enhanced competitor, you're not going to gain a pound of muscle a week. Even if you're a, a guy who's five, who's six foot tall, it's not going to happen. It's just too much muscle to build in that time period. So we have to set these numbers to be more realistic. Okay, how much should I be gaining then if I'm if I'm trying to lean gain? You know, maybe, and honestly, this is going to sound crazy, maybe 1% of your body weight a month would be like a realistic target for you to actually gain just lean mass. So if Ashley is 125, that's like one and a quarter pounds a month if she's focusing on lean gaining, where she would still gain optimal amount of um, muscle, um, be it maybe, it maybe she'll sacrifice a little bit of muscle. Maybe instead of her gaining one and a half pounds of muscle, she'll gain one and a quarter pounds of or one pound of muscle, right? 
maybe that was a window that we missed. Maybe she lost that. But here's the thing. The Ashley that bulks now has to lose the fat, right? The amount of muscle you're going to lose while dieting hard is a significant, is more, is more significant than if you had to diet not so hard and didn't need to lose as much body fat. Yeah. So what we need to worry about is the the net gains from show to show, from the net gains from leanness to leanness. So Ashley right now at whatever, 125 and looking this body fat, whatever she does now and then she does, let's say for six months, when she ends up back at this body fat, what does she weigh now? That's what matters. Not right. what happened all up and down. What matters is how much muscle did you net at the end of the year mm -hmm. from show to show? Yeah, and I think too is like if you're looking to be in this for the long run, like me, you don't want to have those huge fluctuations because just like you said, you're going to lose muscle when you have to lose that much body fat, but also you're going to feel freaking miserable. You're going to feel like crap, right? I don't want to be in such a deficit where I'm just like hungry and starving all the time and my workouts suffer. Like if you have to do hours of cardio or, or you're in such a deficit, do you think your lifts are going to be the best? No, you're going to like, feel like a zombie at some point, you know? So I think that's something to consider too. And I always say this as well. When your focus shifts so drastically from, okay, build muscle, build muscle to now cut, cut, cut. You're going to focus like when you're in that, oh, I got a cut phase. You're going to focus most of your energy to that. So I don't know about you, but if I had to do two hours of cardio the same day I'm lifting, um, one of those things is going to not be the best. It's probably going to be lifting because I'm in cut mode. I'm focused on cutting. I want to get my cardio done. So my workout's probably not going to be as energized as it would be if I only had to do like 15 minutes of cardio, right? Yeah. I don't think it'd be physically possible to have the same level of workout intensity. Yeah. You know, especially if you're accumulating days of two hours of cardio in a row, you know? Yeah. And I see, I do see this happen a lot. I actually had a girl on one of my Instagram comments. She's like, what about those coaches that give clients two hours of cardio or whatever? And I'm like, well, yes, there's a few coaches out there like that, that will just do that to people. That's one thing. But more often than not, the client kind of earned that. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like you can't just give, cause I, let's, let's say I was, I was one of those coaches and I said, Ashley, you have to do two hours of cardio. She would be in shape in a week. Like she would be too lean in a week and start losing muscle. So you would have to pull back if you were that coach, you'd have to, or else you're just completely blind. Right. Cause she'd be like, in, in a month's time, she'd be like skeleton skinny because she'd be losing muscle, all this. She'd be no energy. And you would see it. So you'd be like, okay, maybe we should pull back on cardio. So it's not always the coach. A lot of times what happens is the athlete will come to the coach 16 weeks out, 12 weeks out from a show, and they'll say, I have to do this show. I have to do this show. And if it's not that coach that's going to prepare, it's some coach that's going to prepare. So they're going to take her on, right, um, knowing that this is going to be a hard prep. And they end up at two hours of cardio because there's no option because that person had a bad off season, but that person won't, will never say it was me. It was me in my office and I gained 40 pounds. It's, they're never going to say, I gave my coach, this coach 14 weeks to lose 30 pounds. They're going to say, oh, my coach gave me two hours of cardio, right? <laughs> like, why do you need two hours of cardio? What, where's that? Where does that come into the equation? Right? So that's where you see these things happen too. So sometimes it's the, it's the coach that goes there. But a lot of times it's like, why did, why did you even, why were you even able to do that much cardio and not be in shape and not be stage lean in with that time frame, other than even a couple weeks of that. So that's something you have to take into account too, to take some personal um, accountability on that um, because it does happen. It happens even, you know, to me sometimes and some pretty rarely, 
it, there are those scenarios out there where a girl just is that girl. There's that scenario. It's very rare, but I've had a couple of them where it's just that girl can't get tie-ins. That girl can't oh, get like a very stubborn mm -hmm. body type. Yeah. And she's doing everything right, you know, but it's, it's rare. But more often than not, it's that girl who's like, you know, gaining 30, 40 pounds because she says she needs balance or she says she needed to bulk. Right. And this is the whole point of this podcast is to say, hey, you really don't need to like the energy's there. If you have it, if you have more than, you know, let's say, let's say you have, you need to lose 15 pounds to get ready for your stage. Um, you're 10%, 12% above stage weight. You have the energy there. You don't need to be in these massive surpluses. Yes, slight surplus, but we're talking a hundred calories a day. You know, you're very, you're just slightly erring on the, on the side of above maintenance calories to gain optimal amount of muscle. And if here's the thing, people, I think, think about gaining muscle and calorie surpluses and deficits as a, um, as a daily thing. We all think about it as a daily thing, but that's not how the body works. You know, we associate things as a daily thing, but the body doesn't associate things as a daily mm -hmm. thing. The body is just on, you know, you turn it on when you're conceived, you turn it off when you die. That's it. It's one, it's a one button light switch. <laughs> you get one and it's it. So you're always on. It's it. You're on whether you're sleeping or not. Your mind's on or not, like because you're aware of it, you're you're on. So the calories don't fall into the day thing. It's on a, yeah. you know, sun up, sun down thing. We created our own, we kind of, we created time. So it's yeah. not the body that was like, oh, I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down. So mm -hmm. that being said, you could accumulate, let's say the way that the body sees things is going to be over an accumulative time frame, right? The, an accumulative average. But you're like, okay, I can't hit maintenance calories plus 100 calories. That's impossible for me to calculate. I agree. That is impossible for you to calculate. You're going to burn way more calories on leg day than you are on arm day. You're going to burn more calories when we're, me and Ashley are here in Vegas versus flying to a show. We're not going to burn that many calories when we're flying to a show. So how do you justify that? Well, you don't need to hit 100 calories above maintenance every day. Maybe some days you're in a slight deficit. Maybe some days you're in a 400 calorie surplus. Um, when it averages out to that, you know, X amount of calories above, which is not many, as we discussed, it's, it's like 30 calories above, you're going to, you're still going to optimize your lean gaining. But the problem is, is you're going to get frustrated because it's so little bit of movement on the scale. Yeah. Hard reality to face. You know, you're working your ass off in the gym, training like crazy. I got a trainer. I got a coach. I got this and that. I'm gaining one, I'm gaining one 0.8 pounds a month. <laughs> it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not even seeing the changes at that yeah. rate, you know? And so what happens is you don't buy into it. You get frustrated, go back to bulking because you can visually see bigger, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, how much you, you always, when you gain body fat, you look bigger. It's, yeah. And especially like that yeah. point where you're coming right off of the uh, in season and you're like, you're eating a little bit more. You start to like fill out ma your muscles to the max. And that's what it would look like if you like carb to the max and maybe you're spilling a little bit, but you're like, oh yeah, it's muscle. It's definitely muscle. And yeah. then it becomes like, oh wait, no, this is, this is fat. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, I see how it's such a slippery slope. And just like you said, it's so hard in the off season too, to see like progress regardless. I think sometimes we don't even pay attention to our calories in the off season because when we're in season, it's like we have a clear goal, right? We're like, okay, I need to lose a one pound by next week. I need to do this and that. It's more like clear set goals. But when you're in the off season, it's kind of like, well, what is actually muscle? What is actually fat? It's so, you kind of lose motivation sometimes because you can't really see a visual, like you don't know what's what, what is muscle, what's fat.
And it's not as precise as cutting would be because you're just like, oh yeah, I can see each week I'm getting leaner. My goal is like to lose this measurement and this, but it's not as clear cut in the off season. I think that can be a little discouraging too. And that's probably why some girls just go off, off the deep end anyway. So. Yeah, it is a weird one. You know, it's funny because you touch on a, on a on a topic that's really funny to me. It's funny to me, you know, like all the coaches, because all the coaches that are out there, they're going to like laugh at this one because pretty much every girl who's like a rookie, um, you'll run into this with. And this is something for all you to know that are kind of newer. Um, unless if they don't win the show, if they don't win the show and they get like second or lower, the next like week, they're going to say, oh, I really, I think I missed my cars because I look really full now. I look really like I should have been like this on stage. And I'm like, yeah, you pretty much you're up like, you know, five pounds. You've drank a bunch of water and sodium and food and carbs and you actually filled out 100 percent. And yeah, I get it. You're fuller now, but you're way softer. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the midsection is blown out. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't mean you're going to look better. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to do better because you but the thing is you feel better, too, like because you have you just feel you know, more alive when you have all that filled out. So just for everyone, anyone going into a show, yes, you will be fuller after you have a couple meals after the show. You're going to be a little, maybe even a little more vascular, a little bit more round, uh, but your waistline will pay for it. It's very rare that someone missed it that much where they're like significantly better the next day. But visually, you see bigger. Right. So visually they're like, and then they see more vascularity because they have more, you know, sodium and more mm -hmm. water and stuff. So they're like, oh, I'm, I'm actually leaner. And I'm bigger. And I was like, you're not, you're not leader. You're not bigger. You're more vascular and you're bigger, but you're that is not gonna translate to, to more wins, you know. Right. It's it's pretty rare. So that's something just to be aware of when you're competing the next few days. It's a little bit of a little bit messes with your head. It does, it does. Yeah. And then sometimes it can go the opposite way. And then you have like a meal that's like super salty, or maybe something you haven't had in a while, like dairy or gluten, and then you're like, I look worse, much yeah. worse. How did I ruin my body in this amount of time? So it can go either way. And especially if you're flying too, you can really start to retain some water. And I, I I haven't had it any time in the last few years, but I remember when I used to travel, like I would get back from a show and my ankles would be so swollen and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I hate this. So <laughs> what's funny is you've had only the opposite lately. Yeah. Like you two times you've had in the last, what is it a year or is it a year, a year and a half now you've had two times where you just like started shrinking. Oh yeah. I, so for some reason, metabolism just gets on fire and there's no real scientific reason. It's crazy. But uh, there there's points where it just, I burn more calories without trying. And then sometimes it's tougher to, to, like feel like I'm leaning out. So I don't know the science behind that, if there's any or if it's in my head, but it just, it's weird how sometimes like, it's almost like I can't eat enough and I'm, I'm still too lean. Yeah. So it's weird how that happens, that but first one was I like weird. it when it does. That first one was really weird. We yeah. were like, dude, like we were like trying to, like I saw you, I was like, whoa. Oh, when I came back from, <laughs> from UK. UK. Yeah. I like shrunk. I was like, you're and I was eating yeah. so much like after the show too. It's weird how that works. Cause it's like, I promise I was eating and drinking. I don't know what's going that on. Was but a weird one. That was, yeah. And then we had a competition the following week and I'm like, I was worried like, I'm eating and I'm still too <laughs> lean. And yeah, so it's like the opposite concern of like how it would usually go. Usually you're like, oh my gosh, I need to be lean, leaner. I'm not lean enough. That was the weirdest one. Yeah. That was the only time I saw her. I was like, man, she's like skinny. But like, yeah, like, it, yeah I like a few days. Yeah, that's where it does get scary. But <laughs> I, I appreciated how my metabolism seemed to rev up after Olympia. Yeah. That was comfortable. Like, oh, 
I don't have to do cardio. You didn't oh, do cardio for cardio. so long. I, I still haven't done cardio. The last cardio I've done was like a week before the Olympia. Yeah. And throughout my other shows, I was coasting, eating mochis, eating yeah. mochis, no cardio. Yeah. Chilling. I just, you know what? I think it's good. I, I want to go into that because that's important to talk about. Okay. Ashley hasn't done cardio since a week before the Olympia. She's done two shows past the Olympia. And um, why, why is that? Why can she get away with that? Right. And so, People are going to say the opposite of, and I'm glad you just, I didn't even stumble upon, like it just popped in my head, right? People are going to say the opposite. Oh, if you diet really hard all year long, like Ashley, you're going to slower, you're going to lower your metabolism and you're going to just need to be doing cardio all the time and having no calories. Perfect example. Ashley, again, another case in point, been doing it like this for five plus years and has still having scenarios like this. And now it's not going to be all the time, right? But still just shows you if you can take care of your body, if she's still eating um, adequate calories. Metabolism does not crash, you know, and nothing's, nothing's crashing on her. She's staying healthy. And, um, it just shows you, yeah, you can stay lean. You can live lean and you you can get away with it without paying these crazy consequences and doing cardio an hour a day. Every, you don't have to do an cardio an hour a day, every day, the rest of your life and eat nothing but chicken breast, um, to, to be this lean. So that's a good, I'm glad that you mentioned that because mm -hmm. I think people think that's the other justification of gaining is, well, I need to do that to get my metabolism up to full speed. I need to reverse all the damage I did to my metabolism from dieting down. I'm like, well, we have a you know, number number three in the world, number one American here who's been doing it for five years like that, who's not damaged. I mean, how much, how many more years does she need to do it to prove, you know? Yeah, doesn't... that's something I don't even think about because it's like, if I've been competing pretty consistently for the past, I know, since 2018, I, I can honestly say that I'm still not to the point where I'm like eating 800 calories or anything like that. Mm. In fact, like it's probably average 1500, even when I'm competing, of course, there'll be times when it's less and times when it's more, but I'm never in such a deficit. Like they're never such low calories that I feel hungry. Like if you listen to this podcast, you'll hear me say, I, I rarely get hungry. Honestly, I'm lucky. I rarely get hungry, like true hunger. Um, so do I get hungry sometimes? Of course. Do I have cravings sometimes? Of course. But knowing what the average competitor deals with hunger and cravings, I'm nowhere near that. You know, I might just have a one-off day where I'm like, Hmm, I was kind of hungry today, mm -hmm. but it's not nothing like, Oh my God, I'm starving. Or, and even like when I go to shows, I think it's funny because a lot of people are just like, Oh, what am I going to have for a cheat meal? Cheat meal, yeah. cheat meal. That's all they can think about for the, the week of peak week. And I'm just, it's not even like a thing that crosses my mind. I'm like, shower. Yay. Can't wait to shower. Get this tan off. Yeah. So I'm very content with my diet and it doesn't, it does not seem like my metabolism is slowed down or anything. And if anything, maybe speed up, yeah, which maybe it, it's due to putting on a little bit more muscle. I remember I got my metabolism tested like in 2018 or 19, it was at 1500 calories uh resting so the test i'm referring to yeah is you breathe through a straw and um it kind of for 10 minutes or so yeah, right and it kind of can estimate what your calorie burn is at resting throughout the day so 1500 honestly is not even if it was still 1500 that's not bad no that's no. really not bad i'll never be a girl that's eating 3,000 calories a day consistently though but i don't want to be you yeah. know at I'm content with my diet and food. And most importantly, I'm content with doing minimal cardio, if not none at all. Cause this year, if something happened, I'm just so over cardio. I'm just like, 
not interested. So, yeah, you know, that's nice. And, you know, I think it's funny too, because sometimes girls will brag about how many calories eat a day and they're still, still staying pretty lean, but they also don't tell you they're doing two hours of cardio a day. And it's like, that's a lot of work to try to counteract your calories. I, for me, I'm just like, I'm just rather, yes. Yeah. I don't, you know, who has that time in the day? I don't, that's what I don't get. Cause I mean, I just wouldn't even want to do it. Like, like two hours of cardio plus an hour of lifting plus maybe stretching. And I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't, I just don't know. Yeah. It's just, it would burn me out. You know, burn me out of the sport. That's the problem is that like a lot of times the girls get burnt out of the sport. And that's another thing, you know, you're not going to get, you're never going to get burnt out of lifting weights, really. You might go through like, you know, you need a week off or something like that. But actually getting burnt out of lifting weights, like you don't hear about that. Yeah. Like maybe power lifters and stuff because they're injuries. But you never hear about it in like general fitness people. Men's physique guys, bikini girls, you don't hear about them. Oh, I'm just so burnt out on lifting. Like it's not a conversation. But the burnt out on dieting, burnt out on cardio. Yeah, you hear that all the time. So when you talk about just general fitness people, like the difference, you want to keep your preps as close to general fitness as you can. So if your general health and fitness is you doing cardio 20 minutes, five days a week and lifting weights five days a week, why does your prep need to be so drastically different than that? It doesn't really, it shouldn't, you know, if you're staying lean in the off season um, and you don't need to go, you know, as we've been talking here, you don't need to bulk in the off season. Like we've been talking, you know, I would say out of the, out of my personal clients, which I don't have a lot of clients. I, I, I have a, a small roster of clients. Um, the ones that stay lean, I would say 80% of them, maybe even closer to like maybe even closer to like 85 are doing 30 minutes or less cardio for their shows. The ones that are staying lean. I'm, I'm very much putting an asterisk on that. The ones that are staying lean, not everyone listens to me either. Some of my clients just do their own thing in the off season sometimes. And it's not my preference, but um, the ones that are doing it, they're like, you know, and they, after a season of that, they like love it. But it takes like a season of that because it does take a little bit of effort for them to, to manage their off season and to stay lean in the off season. It's a mind shift, you know, but when it comes to prep, then they're like, Oh, I'm so glad I did that. Like, yeah. I'm so much happier. You know, some of them are doing, you know, they're tapering down their cardio that last month to 20 minutes, 15 minutes. And then the peak week, it's like, yeah, you're just not doing any. And it's they're like, man, this is so nice. Oh, I love when you're ready and there and you can just coast. And yeah. I think I'm really good at like the maintaining part, right? I'm not saying I lose fat the, the quickest. I'm not like that. That's not my thing. But what I am good at is maintaining. And I think honestly, like the more shows I do, the more my metabolism just revs up and I don't have to do much. I'm just like, okay, eat and lift new yeah. cardio. So that's a good place to be in. And maybe not everyone's body works that way, you know, um, but that is my advantage. I can maintain for a long period of time yeah. because it's, it's, it's so doable to me. It's, it's almost like when I get to that point where I'm lean enough, it's like, this is too easy right now. <laughs> like, shoot, I feel like I'm being tricked. It should be harder than this. <laughs> like I'm just living life, doing shows, getting glam, no cardio, eating more. It's a great place to be. Yeah. There's two, there's two cases for that, right? There is, and this is something I've thought about before too, that what you just said, there's the girls who, so you're like, I have an advantage. I can stay lean. So there's the, there's the girls who I do think that you are that person. Yeah. I a hundred percent think you're that person that you, that is your advantage. You can say that lean, but I will say out of the girls who look at you and say, Oh, I wish I could do that. I can't do that. I would say out of them who actually can't do that. The amount of them that have tried even once is like, is like 5%, mm. 4%. Like they don't know that they're not that girl. 
you know, because they've never given themselves the chance of being that girl. How do you not, how do you know you're not that girl? <laughs> You've never tried it. So what you're saying is you're never tried it. You don't think you're that girl, but you like to eat so much that you don't want to even try it. Once. Yeah. That's, that's the reality of what we're talking about here. So yeah, maybe you are that girl and you just don't know because you want to not ever be that girl. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But let's, you know, maybe you are capable of that. Maybe everyone's capable of it to some degree. You yeah. Know? So it, it, but it is harder. It's definitely harder in the off season. So. Yeah. I mean, I still like think for me though, it's just not hard. And I know that sounds, you know, I'm a professional athlete. Everything should be hard, but it's not that hard for me just to, to eat healthy. I love my foods that I eat in prep and off season. I definitely do more snacking in the off season, but I'm like so satisfied. And I will be honest, I didn't used to be that way. It was, it wasn't until like 2018 that like, it's almost like I had to retrain my taste buds a bit. Cause I used to be the girl that was obsessed with food and I used to love eating. I used to like, I always say the story. I used to really look forward to Sunday newspapers because the grocery ads and I'd circle all the food on sale. Cause not only did I like food, I liked a good deal. I still like a good deal. Um, so yeah, I used to be obsessed with food. I don't know what it is. I just kind of trained my taste buds to prefer the healthy stuff. I learned how to cook everything better, flavor it. So I'm not like missing out in my mind. So that's been, that's been helpful, but I can relate to the girls that really have a hard time, like with cravings and hunger. Cause that used to be me. So it's not like I'm just, it, it not like I'm unaware of it. Yeah. I, I used to be that girl. So I can't tell you exactly what happened. All I know is the longer you do something, it becomes a habit and you don't have to think about it. Do you dread taking a shower every day? I don't think so. But like, it's just something you do and you don't think about it. It's like, it is what it is. So I feel like I've done something for so long that it just became a habit in my preference. So it's just a lifestyle, which I think, you know, bikini was meant to be a lifestyle division. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why I'm able to compete 14 times in a year because it's a lifestyle division. Because it is my lifestyle. There's little things that change. Like you said, little fluctuation of calories here and there, cardio even, but nothing's so drastic. Nothing is drastic for me. My peak weeks aren't insane. I think people would be surprised how like laid back and chill my peak weeks are. So, um, yeah, but I wanted to bring up something as well. I think sometimes the girls that don't want to try it this way, they do the bulking thing. They get to where they need to be, although it's a hard, hard journey and they still make progress. So in their minds, they're like, oh, I need to do this because I made progress last time when I did this. But I would also counter that and say you might have looked better if you didn't go 40 pounds above your stage weight. What if you would have looked better and it would have been easier on your body? You know, and something to consider, too, that no one really talks about is your skin. OK, the older you are, your skin can only be an accordion so many times before it just, burp, yeah. you know, so. If you're thinking about doing this for a long period of time or wanting to maintain the health of your skin, let's not stretch it out <laughs> so many times throughout the year because uh, at some point it's not going to come back. And the older you are, the less likely it is to do that. And also start to marks too, but just the, the quality of your skin in general. And then another thing I'd point out too is for the individuals, especially the individuals that can put on muscle easily, if you go so soft in the off season, you don't know 
what muscle you are building under there, what's about to overpower your other muscles versus what's lacking because you have a curtain of fluff. Mm -hmm. So you don't know what's going on. So what can happen is like, let's say you're lifting, you're lifting so hard in the off season. You're doing a good job of lifting, getting good quality lifts. You're eating a lot though. You're getting fluffy when it comes time to prep. And then your stage lean, you might realize, Oh my God, my, my legs are like overpowering everything else. Like my quads are like, Whoa, they're in comparison to everything else. They've really taken over, but you don't know what's going on under there. You don't. So you're just kind of like, blindly lifting, yeah. hoping you're putting on the right muscle in the right spots, but you won't know till it's too late. You will not know till it's too late. So that can also happen as well. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, I wanted you to keep going. That was great. Yeah. The end. <laughs> so, yeah the, so basically in the end of things, um, yes, this is going to be the more optimal way of doing it. You're going to, you're going to, um, maximize your net muscle gains this way not just your pure muscle gain, but your net muscle gains, um, which is from show to show. And in the end of this, we have to realize like, you're going to have to choose your hard, you know, your, your, if you don't choose your hard, your heart is going to choose you for you, you know? So, um, what does that mean? What does choosing your hard mean? It means that it's going to be harder in the off season, a little bit harder than you, what you're doing right now, or it's going to be just as hard as you keep doing in the in season. And then eventually it's going to be so hard. It's not going to be worth it. Uh, I find that being more common than not with people who are going through the repetitive two hour cardio, the repetitive gains and cuts. And where do they end up? You know, where they end up with this habit that they've taught themselves over years is when I'm not prepping for a show, I'm 30 pounds above stage weight. And so where do they end up in life after competing is done? They end up 30, 40, 50 pounds above stage weight, right? Because now they're not even competing anymore. And that's where they end up. But someone like, like Ashley, who's staying lean and keeping it tight, even in the off season, you know, maybe when she event one day retires and she's going to be like, you're, you're not going to see Ashley 40, 50 pounds up. She, I'm sure it'd make you very uncomfortable. And she's just used to that. Yeah. But you guys that are doing that bulking are used to the 30, 40 pounds when you're not doing ready for a show. So it's a, it's a, it's a whole nother thing that, that we have to, we don't talk about. I'm glad you talked about the skin and, yeah. and all that. Um, and just your, your comfort levels too. You know, you choose your heart, you choose your heart of if you're going to be prepping for a show really hard, or you're going to be uh, doing your in season, your off season really well, or you're going to be choosing your heart of, do you even feel comfortable in the off season? You know? Mm -hmm. So we broke it down for you today on how many calories you actually need to build muscle. It's way less than most of you probably thought. Um, you know, it's, it's way, unfortunately it's way less muscle than most of you probably thought you could gain in a year too, which sucks, but that's part of it. And, um, hopefully that answers some questions, but I think this podcast will, will, um, kind of stem some new questions. It'll create some new questions for you guys. Mm -hmm. So on this one, please uh, do ask questions in the comments on YouTube um, or on Facebook. I have a lot of streaming on Facebook now, too. Please ask comments, uh, your questions there, and I will answer them. Ashley will answer them, whatever question better goes to. Um, and I'll answer it to, uh, I guess, when you want here, maybe here or, or Instagram or whatever. So um, we'll get we'll figure that out later. But uh, yeah, but yeah, please do ask those questions. It keeps the podcast coming for us. And um uh, and what do you have anything else to close on this one? Um, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We yeah. appreciate your viewership, listenership, and uh, we'll be back to regular schedule on Monday. Which is the first. So you guys be safe out there. Hope everyone had a good holiday season. And we appreciate everything. So talk to you guys later.